And at this time, we will read responsively from Psalm 85, a wonderful Advent psalm. Lord, You are favorable to Your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You withdrew all Your wrath. You turned from Your hot anger. Will You be angry with us forever? Will You prolong Your anger to all generations? Show us Your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us Your salvation. Surely His salvation is near to those who fear Him, that glory may dwell in our land. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Righteousness will go before Him and make His footsteps away. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Stir up your hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by His coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Continue at this time with the readings from Holy Scripture. Good morning. Our Old Testament reading today is found from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry. And I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers. The flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion. Herald of good news, lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good news, lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God, behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. 
You will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading for today is found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 14. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel reading for this morning is taken from St. Mark, the first chapter, beginning at verse 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I've baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. We like Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for our reading, uh, for our message today is going to be taken from the reading we heard in the prophet Isaiah. So we'll begin today with a word of prayer. Let's pray. Almighty Father, uh, we give you thanks on this day, Lord, of celebration, where we prepare for the coming of your Son. And Lord, we thank you that in his first coming, he has prepared us for his return. And so today, Lord, we pray that you would make our hearts ready to receive your word and to receive Jesus when he arrives. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you know anything about me uh, this time of year, uh, and many of you have heard plenty of this already, I'm sure, uh, you know that I love me the Christmas music. I love all of it. The hymns, I like the pop music, I like all of it. I know some of you get very bothered when you hear Mariah Carey say, all I want for Christmas is you. You're bothered by that because you're wrong and you don't like happiness. Uh, 
That song is just pure joy. I hear that song, and to me, it is like, it is like the lark singing at the sunrise. I mean, it is great. Because when you hear that song, you know something is on the horizon, especially here at the church. It means Christmas is coming, which means life here at church is about to get crazy and busy, and kind of we get a little bit of anxiety around the office, but also we're totally focused on Jesus, and everyone is dialed in to celebrate the coming of our Lord, both his first coming and his second coming. And so I, I, just, I get very excited about this. But I don't like all the Christmas songs. Uh, this last week, my daughter and I were listening to some pop Christ, uh, Christmas music in the car, and my daughter is what the kids call a Swifty. Anybody here a Swifty? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not yet. I'm almost there. If you're not a Swifty, you know, she is Time Magazine's Person of the Year, Taylor Swift. Very exciting for her. Um, but she's got, a, she's got a Christmas song called uh, uh, Christmas Tree Farm, which isn't any good. Uh, you know, she can be Time Magazine's whatever, that Christmas song is not great, but I'm listening to it, and I'm asking myself, besides like the lyrics, why does this song sound like Christmas? Because it's just like a cliche pop song. It actually sounds like, you guys will appreciate this, it sounds like Phineas and Ferb. Like, it just is like this cliche. What makes this sound like Christmas? And then it hit me. There's jingle bells in it. You put sleigh bells in any song, and it suddenly becomes a Christmas song, <laughs> Uh, I was like, I'm going to prove this to myself. And so I started thinking, like, what is the least Christmassy sounding song I know? If I added sleigh bells, would it sound like a Christmas song? Paint It Black by Rolling Stones. Think about it for one second. You add, you add the sleigh bells to that song, and suddenly you're painting that door red and you're putting a wreath on it, okay? This is what happens. You add the jingle bells, and it's sort of like, okay, it's Christmas. I hear that sound. Those sleigh bells are a warning. Time to start shopping. But also, they serve as an announcement. Christmas is on its way, and it's time to celebrate. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but the function of sleigh bells is actually to do just that. It is to announce. The reason they used to put sleigh bells on sleighs is because horses <laughs> don't stop. And so if you are out on a walk and all of a sudden you hear the sleigh bells, you know you've got to stop and pay attention because there's a sleigh coming and they can't see you, but you can see them. It's especially true at night. If you're walking in the evening and it's dark outside, you need to be able to hear if there's a sleigh coming so that you can remain safe and not uh, get injured. The pedestrian would need to hear the sleigh coming for the sake of their own safety. And it strikes me today that as we come to this wonderful reading from Isaiah chapter 40, that Isaiah's words are kind of like sleigh bells in the dark, letting us know that though it's dark right now, something wonderful is coming and it is time uh, to start paying attention. These are like sleigh bells announcing to us the arrival of Jesus Christ. See, we're in the season of Advent, and of course, Advent is not just a season about uh, pop Christmas jingles, thank heavens. But this is a season where we're being made ready for the arrival of Jesus. We're being made ready to, to prepare, uh, to celebrate, I should say, his first coming, uh, which is at Christmas time when he came uh, to seek and to save the lost, but also during the season of Advent, we're preparing ourselves for his second coming when he will come again as we confess every Sunday in glory to judge the living and the dead. 
And these words from Isaiah today are the words that make us ready for that second coming. They make us ready for the arrival of Jesus. They do this by preaching to us a joyful message. This message of of glad tidings. Comfort and joy are preached into our ears as our Savior is on the horizon. And that is truly a wonderful message for us to hear. Because it is very dark right now. And as we look around, it's hard to see what God is up to. It's hard to see God at work. And so we need to hear something to give us comfort. These words uh, from Isaiah were actually spoken originally uh, to the Jews who were in exile. As Isaiah writes this, the Jews would be going into exile soon in a place called Babylon. And Babylon was a terrifying place uh, for God's people. There they were ripped out of their land, there they suffered, there they were enslaved and imprisoned, and it was a very long time for them to suffer as they were in this Babylonian captivity, as it's called. And for 70 years they sat there wondering what God was doing, wondering where God was, knowing that part of the reason they were there was because they were being punished for their sinfulness. And they were wondering if God would ever show them mercy again, if there would ever be any good news to come from him. They were in a spiritual darkness. Not only were they in in an exiled land, but they were in a spiritual darkness where it was hard to see God at work. And I think that this is a spiritual darkness, though you and I don't live, well, maybe we could argue that we kind of live in a Babylon, but that's a conversation for another time. We're certainly not oppressed, and we're certainly not uh, suffering in that way right now. But we do know the darkness. We do know that spiritual darkness where we can't really see what God is doing, where we don't know what God is up to, and we're wondering if there's any good news from Him. Some of you might be experiencing that today. You might be here today uh, experiencing the spiritual darkness of guilt because of your sin, because of the stuff you've done, and you've heard the law of God, and you know you're responsible for your situation, and that guilt weighs on you, and it's, it's heavy. Some of you here today are are perhaps struggling with the darkness of shame. There's other people who have harmed you in their sin. There's other people who have caused you to suffer, who have dehumanized you and spoken down to you and made your life difficult. And you wonder where God is in this and if there's any hope for you. Some of us here today are dealing with depression. Depression is, is an epidemic in our culture right now, and it's certainly one that has hit many of us in the church. And it just looks like there is no hope on the horizon. Everything just seems dark. And some of us here today are just dealing with the fear of life. I mean, you turn on the news and you see what's happening in in Israel or the Ukraine or anything going on around the world, and and you're just like, where is God in all of this? And we're terrified. For some of us, it's sometimes like there's that kind of funny but not really funny line from the Charlie Brown Christmas special where Lucy says to Charlie Brown, maybe you've got pantophobia. Do you have pantophobia? Charlie Brown says, what's that? She goes, it's the fear of everything. And he's like, that's it. That's what I got. I got a little of all of this. Guilt, shame, uh, depression, fear, anxiety. It's all there. And we, we go through this and we wonder, what's God doing? Why won't he act? Well, it's, it's into this kind of darkness that God speaks today. We have a God who brings light into the darkness. Here in the dark, like with bells on a sleigh, God sends us a message of hope. 
to let us know that there is hope on the horizon, that salvation is coming for us. And he does this in a really wonderful way here in Isaiah. Uh, He sends us three voices. So here's how I want you to kind of picture the situation. For one reason or another, picture uh, yourself, this is a very comforting way to start a sermon, um, um, in a dark, dank prison cell. There we are. Uh, but you, you, you're sort of in this cell of darkness, depression, uh, sin, guilt, all of these things, and you're, you're, it, it's dark and it's cold and it's just a miserable place to be. And then suddenly, through the wall, you hear a noise in the distance. You hear something that is coming. And it's a noise that fills you with hope. It's, it's a noise of glad tidings. Today, Isaiah gives us this kind of this sound. Three voices that speak into the darkness of our situation. That give us glad tidings of comfort and joy. Isaiah 40 starts this way. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And that that last verse there doesn't mean double punishment for sins, but double mercy, double forgiveness. He's doubling down on his graciousness, something like that. So here's how it starts. You hear these noise noise approaching of glad tidings. And then the first voice speaks, and this is what it says. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So suddenly, off in the distance, you hear the news that God is on his way. Now, if all you hear in this prison of guilt and shame and and darkness is is that God is on his way, that's not in and of itself good news, especially for sinners. God is showing up to deal with sinners. This could make you very nervous because God's law punishes sinners. And if God is coming with his law to punish sinners, this is a fearful thing. But what have we heard already? That that's not why he's coming. He's coming comfort. Comfort, my people. He's coming because your iniquities are being pardoned, because your sins are being forgiven, because your warfare between you and God has ended. And God is coming now to save. And this salvation, this mercy that he brings, gives us confidence. So that first voice we hear gives us hope. It fills us with hope. Something good is coming. And then the next voice gives us confidence in this hope. This is what it says. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I say? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it, and surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. As this voice gets closer, it's like the jingle bells are getting closer and closer. The sleigh is is getting closer to where we are. And suddenly it has this message that fills us with confidence. This darkness, this sadness, this depression, this guilt, this sin, this fear, it's all fleeting. It's all transitory. It's going to pass. It is not as strong as that word of mercy and forgiveness and comfort 
that God gives. That word is stronger. These things are fleeting. But the word of the Lord, that word of comfort and forgiveness for you, this lasts forever. I have to imagine that this gave a great deal of hope uh, to those exiles as they were sitting in Babylon. Because all they could see around them was Babylon. You know, like these terrifying people who come uh, and are, are punishing them and terrifying them and oppressing them. All they see is these, these massive nations around them that want to threaten them. And God says, they don't last, but my promises never go away. It, they're, they're seeing things very much like we do so often where all the problems in our lives, all the evils in this world, all the sin we see going on, it seems so much stronger than everything else. It, it's like that great hymn, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Do you guys know that one? I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Uh, the second verse in that song is very depressing, but it really captures sort of the sentiment many of us have. It says, in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth and goodwill to men. I mean, that, that captures the darkness. But Isaiah comes, the second voice comes, and he sounds just like the next verse in the song. Then rang the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. For the wrong shall fail and right prevail with peace on earth and goodwill to men. This stuff that you see going on around you, it doesn't last. Justice will come for the oppressed. Forgiveness will come for the sinner. These things will last for eternity because they come from our God who does not change. Right now we see the darkness, but the light is coming. And the third voice is very clear on who that light is. Get up on a high mountain, O Zion. I can't, I'm not emotional. I think I'm tired from last night. That's what it is. <clears throat> That's a pretty good verse too. Uh, get up uh, to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. <clears throat> Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and His arm rules for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him and His recompense before Him. He will tend His flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in His arms and He will carry them in His bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Now the voice proclaims the One who never fails, who arrives with comfort, forgiveness, and salvation. Now the verse points us directly to our Savior Himself, Jesus Christ. It's at this point that we're sitting in our prison cell and the bells have become louder and louder and louder and all of a sudden they stop right in front of the door and a little light breaks in through the bottom. And we sit there with anticipation and, and, and what's going to happen and suddenly someone kicks down the door. And because it's the second week of Advent, uh, it's John the Baptist. And you get this shaggy looking prophet who says to you this announcement of great joy, behold your God, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And as he steps out of the way, you see the Lord Jesus there in all of his glory and his face smiling upon you as light breaks into the darkness. 
This is what Jesus is actually doing here for you today in the giving of this sacrament that you're going to receive and in the preaching of this word. The Lord Jesus is coming to you today who sit in darkness with this message of comfort. So if you're here today and that darkness for you is that guilt for those sins you have committed, the Lord Jesus comes to you today and says, I forgive those sins. I have paid for them with my blood. You are a forgiven, beloved child of God, and I will not hold those things against you anymore or forever. There's no condemnation left for you. If you're here today and you're suffering because of what people have done to you, because of the sins of others, because of their heartlessness and their lovelessness, the Lord Jesus looks at you today and says, let me bear my mighty arm and scoop you up and carry you home. You are not defined by them. You are my dearly beloved child. I will guard you from all evil. Flee from them to me. I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. And if you're overwhelmed by the terrors and the fears of this world and all the stuff you see going on around you, the Lord Jesus looks upon you with His beaming face today and says, it will not last. It's all grass. It's going to burn up. It'll fade and die. But My Word for you stands forever. Repent and turn to Me, for I have turned to you. Your warfare has concluded. Your sins are forgiven. These are My promises. They are stronger than all the evil you see around you, says the Lord Jesus. And they last forever. So here as we find ourselves in this second Sunday in Advent, celebrating the first coming and awaiting the second coming of Jesus, take comfort, dear saints, for Christ has come for you. He has arrived and He will carry you home. Behold, He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. You are forgiven and you belong to Him. Christ has arrived for you. And that is a promise that lasts forever. Amen. We pray. We thank You, Almighty God, that You have sent Jesus Christ to be our Savior. Lord, as we live in this world of darkness and uncertainty, fear and sorrow, we pray that You would comfort us with the promises of Your Gospel. Carry us like Your sheep in Your bosom. And bring us always into Your presence of love and mercy. Be gracious to us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.